0: Welcome to the Faith is Not Blind podcast. My name is Sarah Devonye, and I'm here with Kevin Anderson. Kevin is someone I admire. One of the reasons that I chose him to interview is because he's in my ward. And as a gospel doctrine teacher, I ask questions in my classroom. And Kevin always gave such thoughtful answers, and and I appreciated Uh them. Because they demonstrated some, some deep good thinking, so not to put too much pressure on you. No
1: pressure. I don't feel it.
0: But (laughs) if you will please, just give us a basic idea, of the type of home that you grew up on, grew up in.
1: Okay. So I I grew up in a in an LDS home. My parents have been active members their entire lives, and they are they continue to be active today. Um, The type of home I grew up in um, was loving. And there was there's a there's a, there a high degree of kindness, but there are a few things that for my development lacked a little bit. And um, my my parents both were raised in homes where specifics about execution, specifics about sensitive subjects, specifics about the gospel, I don't th- they they didn't seem to be mentioned a lot. Like it was there's there was um, there's a lot of generalities spoken, but not necessarily the specifics that underlie those generalities. And that transferred into our home, and so when I had questions, or when there were when there were, when there were times to explain deeper, uh, either in punishment or um, disciplining, or just just explanations when there are questions in, involved, the, the, the deeper the deeper levels didn't really get touched very much, and so, so I was often left lacking with so like can, what, what's going on here. So you know? can
0: you give an example? So, so with discipline or other things. Do oh, I have an
1: embarrassing one. Am I allowed to say an embarrassing one?
0: Uh, yes, please. <laughs>
1: okay. This, this is probably pretty horrific for this podcast. Okay, but I, I can remember very distinctly, I might have I been eight years old, and so I knew better. But my friend had a, a naughty magazine, and he wanted, and I, I wanted to see it, and I asked him out loud to see it. And my mom some heard that conversation through the window. And she said, Kevin, get in here. you know. And I thought, oh man, I'm had it. And she sat me down, I didn't say anything else, and so I knew I was wrong.
0: But you didn't. But know the why. explanation part exactly. beyond that right.
1: wasn't wrong. You know, wasn't explained, and so I was off. That's a, a fairly common kind of thing. I, I'm not sure why. I don't know if why is really the the reason why we need to talk about. It. But but for some reason, saying more than just like, "Hey, I'm the parent. This is the rule." this is what we do, yeah. this is how things are. Deeper than that never really happened. So
0: could we define that as high expectation, low explanation?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a great way of defining it. It's perfect, yeah. And so, that's a, yeah.
0: So as a child, did that affect your relationship with the church?
1: Yeah, definitely. In what way? Well, so we that the expectation was to go. In fact, I, I went. You know, I, I went my entire life until right. I was 17 or so, and then um, then I made some other choices. But... But up till that point, you know, um, that, that's just what we did. That was part of toe in the line, you know? And, and I remember wanting to be actively engaged in the church around the baptism time. And I remember getting baptized by my grandpa, which was really special for me. And I remember people talking to me about the Holy Ghost and you know, the, that experience of baptism was a good positive experience, but it didn't really go beyond, oh, that was nice for me. It, it didn't touch me in a spiritual way where there was some realization that the things that I was hearing was actually real.
0: So maybe it was yeah. more of a cultural, familial yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah. It's so, not
1: in a bad way. It just kind of right. was. And there's, I think there's some other context here. Like, I, I suffer from pretty acute attention deficit disorder, and I know I was a difficult kid. <laughs> and so I wonder how much of that is really just my experience being on the end of that, only getting this much through yeah. the craziness. Versus them not actually giving me well, the information. Well, and that's very you know?
0: open-minded of right. you to say. So now, as a father yourself,
1: and I have kids just like that, yeah. and I go, "Why are you not hearing anything I say?"
0: Yeah, so, yeah, which would add, add perspective. Add perspective, perspective definitely, right. Right. you talked about you, the expectation was to go to church. Mm-hmm. Maybe you didn't necessarily have a testimony, but you wanted to be a part of it. It felt good. Yeah. And then you said at 17, you made some different choices. Will you talk about that?
1: Yeah. Let me, let me back up a little bit. Sure. Um, around middle school age, I th- 10, 11, you know, your are kind of formative, awkward, horrible looking years. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I picked up a bully at church. There's a, there a kid that would show up and just terrorize me. And uh, it lasted about two years. And I never had the courage to actually say anything about it. So you didn't
0: talk to your parents Mm -mm. about it? I didn't talk to my parents
1: about it. And uh, we had a couple confrontations in the hall, you know, fisticuffs kind of thing. And and that, the... me having, being scared to say something and then people not noticing kind of contributed to me kind of holding up.
0: Because your hope was someone in this organization should be noticing what's going on yeah. in the hallways. So yeah, and, sure. you
1: know, and obviously that's, you know, that's a childlike hope. Like, there's a reality there that you know, is different than what I would hope. But I noticed at that point in time that I stopped trusting kind of authority. I stopped mm-hmm. trusting adults. I stopped trusting you know, what, what people around me would do because I felt very vulnerable and I felt victimized. Right. You know? And uh, going to church and being terrified to go to church and and, and being forced to go anyway even though you know I, I put up my stinks to yeah, I don't want to go I don't want to go you know it you know that was the reason I didn't go but when you're worried about that the entire time nothing else matters it really is like it feels life or death when you're in that kind of situation yeah. and uh, and so it was, it was fairly terrifying for me for, for a little bit and so you know you kind of layer that on and then you hit teenage years and if you already don't trust authority teenagehood or adolescence or whatever you call it, that, that's just a perfect combination for just, hey, I'm just going to do whatever I want. I don't care. I'm, right. I'm too cool for this. Well, so
0: Developmentally, you know, I mean, develop yeah. that, that's normal and healthy to You're go right. through that as a teenager. So when you went through that, what were some of the choices that you made as far as the church was concerned?
1: This is another embarrassing one, so sorry.
0: No, this is that we want it to be real, so I, I appreciate it. So, so we
1: got the, so the first For the Strength of Youth um, book and I, I can remember reading it and being very disappointed that it had been morally chased There was a part of me that was just like I don't want to do that <laughs> and so I can remember telling Heavenly Father Sorry, everybody mom <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. I'm just gonna do what I want to do I'm gonna chase girls and that was a really dumb decision in hindsight, but at the time I just thought you know what? That's what I want to do. I don't well, want to be I don't be constrained by this by this thing, you know well, And it was these re- rules that seemed arbitrary it was
0: reactionary, Definitely yeah. going sort of from one end of the spectrum to the other Um, It's so
1: embarrassing to say that out loud.
0: (laughs) I don't think it is. It's refreshing. I appreciate it. So let's move forward a little bit. What happened to sort of wake you up to to where you felt like, I'm not just making reactionary decisions, I'm not just Mm -hmm. going to do the opposite of what everyone else says, but that maybe I'm going to make some choices that would lead me to God?
1: Yeah. So... Here's an analogy like I was like the dog that wanders around your neighborhood I don't want to say he was eating the poop on the ground, but it was it was you know, I was just wandering just you know, just everywhere and um, I Wandered to Utah. I went to school in Utah. My sister was there already And so I had like kind of a, a home base and someone who I felt cared about me and, and she did my my older sister's wonderful so I, I love her to death. She she her and my, um, my, uh, my cousin that was her age and some of their roommates just welcomed me in and were just super kind and awesome. And um, that was number one. So I'm this just kind of wayward waif, kind of waste of a kid, with no real direction. I didn't really have any college ambitions. I didn't have any um, kind of like financial or really life ambitions. I just wanted to go have fun. I wanted to experience things. I should back up a little bit. The context in which we lived was just, we lived on the East Coast. And it's not, it's not as free and open and kind of easy to get along with people on the East Coast as it is out here in the West. There's not as much uh, access to um, the environment or just outdoors. And you can go and do all those things, but it's just, it's, the environment there is a little bit older. It's a little more, you know, it's controlled. It, it's, it's, controlled. it's a little more, it it's kind of revolves around other things and, than, than things do out here in the West. And so getting away from that and moving out West was a way for me just to go, what's new? What's out there? What's, what's this life all about? And it was just me just trying to go, I've never really experienced anything I really love, except for a, a handful of things. Let me just try everything, you know. Right,
0: and yeah. it, and it may have been more than anything else your perception of how the East Coast was, and just having the opportunity to do something different.
1: Yeah, but this this was reactionary too. So yeah. I, I found that like this is a this is a very clear pattern in my life. I can look back and say, done with that, sick of that. Let's move on to something new. You know, and and for you know, there's many ways to do that, but. In, in terms of situation and environment that was that was what definitely what i was thinking anyway so i'm welcomed into this home this 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 this, this gaggle of girls you know i'm living on their couch for a few weeks and i go get so some your roommates.
0: sister had kids
1: no she had she she was living with uh, oh man how many roommates were there four or five roommates or something yeah and they knew i was coming out and so they said hey come live on our couch and so you can get some roommates so You go to the inter- institute you know hey you can meet some lds kids and you know that kind of thing <laughs> And so we met some, I met some LDS kids, you know, we got, a, we, we got an apartment and they weren't any good for me, you know, and so we just kind of made a bunch of noise and nonsense and we're, we're not very good. And that lasted for about a year. But what was really cool about that experience was that the family, so am I allowed to name names in this? Should I be naming names? I don't wanna name names, anyway. The family that, <laughs> That's up to you. (laughs) Just this fabulous family. We'll call them. We don't have to call them anything. So there's a couple of different roommates, but the two of the roommates in my sister's apartment came from the same family. And that family is very close, very actively LDS, very loving, very kind, and just so real, right? And so we were were always ending up at their house for some reason or or another. And it was that I can distinctly remember walking into that house maybe the second or third time and just stopping for a minute and going, wow, these people treat their kids like they're adults. They're all friends. They're they're full of energy. They're all doing crazy things. You know, they're all just busy and engaged and just really great people. And that up to up to that point, I'd never I'd never really seen an LDS family that just had this kind of engagement level and this love beneath, you know, amongst them and just this rapport that was just so healthy and kind and loving and wonderful and I don't whatever other good words there are, you know? Yeah. So it was a, it was kind of like a ding, you know, this little, like, bell goes off, and I go, wow, that's really cool. And then I probably forgot about it for a while, you know? But we had this repeat exposure to it, so I was constantly reminded over the, you know, about a year or so of, of time.
0: And how did that feeling of sort of acceptance and safety in that home, how did that lead you to... Decide maybe I want to develop a testimony, a relationship with God. How did you get to that point?
1: Yeah, let's think about that. I don't want to get lost in the details. Um, the The short answer is is that was really nice, but it didn't. It didn't. It wasn't why I wanted at that point.
0: Which is nice because that yeah. m- may have been cultural. Right. Other than spiritual. Yeah.
1: Right. And it took about two years for me to get to the point where I wanted to change. And it, it was it was, it, you know, I, 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 I never abused drugs or anything. But I didn't have I don't have that kind of a story. But I got to a point where I did hit a rock bottom and I don't have to go into details. But it was just it was just, you know, it was about two and a half, maybe three years into this Utah experience. And it was just a dark, horrible winter. I was working at the ski resorts, thinking that like I was living the life. And, you know, I wake up one day and um, not a, let me back up. I broke my leg skiing, and so I had a lot of time to just go to the the mountain and come back and sit down and not enjoy the fact that I worked at a ski resort, you know. <laughs> and um, it took, you know, some somewhere in the in that winter of my discontent, I woke up and went, "What am I doing? I'm, I'm miserable. I'm not happy. I had a, I had a girlfriend at the time, and she, it just wasn't working, you know. Like I didn't I, I, I didn't feel good spending time with her. I didn't feel good just sitting around the house. I didn't feel like I had a direction. I didn't feel happy inside." Um, I, the choices I, were, I was making didn't make my body feel good or it didn't make me, like nothing worked. And it was just, there was this moment where I was just like, you know what, I'm done. And I, I, don't, I don't remember praying or anything like that, but I just remember once I made that decision, it took about a week. I had two car, I had a, I had a Volkswagen van and a, a Subaru DL wagon, right? And within, if, within a week I'd sold, sold the DL, I had enough money to put gas in the van and just pick up and go. And I called my best friend in the whole world who I, um, he knows who he is. He's a great guy. I called his mom and I said, Lisa, I need a place to go. Like, can I just stay with you guys? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just like all on the fly. Yeah, when are you coming? Tomorrow. And she said, come on down. And I got my van and I drove down. And um, and it, it was that it was that decision of just leaving the situation and going that started me thinking like, hey, I want something better, you know? And that was once once i moved down there i decided to start praying and what, okay so so really i think the catalyst was like okay i'm sick of this the one thing i walked away with the one major thing i walked away with from my upbringing in the gospel was hey i can pray
0: so you had that foundation of... yes
1: that was definitely there
0: yeah that's wonderful. My, my
1: parents were great they were great examples they were always very engaged in the church you know for whatever reason didn't sink in but i'll tell you if i ever tried to leave the house without praying You know, I was like, get back here. We're going to say a prayer, you know. And if nothing else, that was the thing that stuck.
0: So you you started praying. Yeah. And and what was that like?
1: It didn't make any sense to me. I didn't know who I was talking to. I didn't know why I was talking to I just knew I needed something different, you know. It wasn't like there was faith there. But I was just, but I felt like I had to say something. I knew that's what my parents would tell me to do. So that's what I did.
0: And I think that's a type of faith you sure. at least tried. Yeah. You, was there a time during that period where you felt like, even though you were praying, maybe not knowing why, maybe not knowing what, happened, what would happen, was there a time where you felt like you had an answer? And can you please share that story?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so, this is, so I'd moved from Utah to California. And I, I still spent, so I, I got involved with a singles ward in California within a week or two. I started seeing the bishop to just get my life back in order. Started the repentance process and all that kind of stuff, right? And, um, and started going to church for the first time in my life. I went because I felt I should go, not because I needed to go, right? And so, and this is a long process. I mean, this is a long process, this is years, right? So this is, I, I'm probably a year into this. And I, I had to go back to Utah for some reason. I don't remember exactly why, but I went back to Utah. And, um, and this, is, this, is, this is the moment where the dog stops wandering around the neighborhood officially and gets a stake put in the ground and a chain on him. Okay, and I'll explain that in a sec. But basically like, so, so the, yeah, man, man it's, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty special experience to me. But anyway, and it, we, all I know, I don't even know how to start this, my goodness gracious. So I went back to Utah and for some reason I found myself in a car, in the backseat of a car with my sister and with my cousin. And the subject of my, our, our deceased grandfather came up, right? And, and for some reason, the Lord decided that that time, in that weird situation in the back of the car, was the time for him to say, hey, I'm here. And I, I, had, a, I had a sacred experience where I just, I just felt so much love and so much light and so much spirit that I couldn't, you know, like, it was my anchor point. It was like, hey, I'm here. I'm here. Like, there's no more... You don't have to guess anymore, I'm here. And it wasn't like an answer about, hey, yes, your grandpa grandpa's in heaven, he's with, it wasn't about my grandpa, it was just like, no, I'm just here. This is what the spirit feels no. like when I really want you to feel it. And that was like a that was a, that was a, that was a milestone. Boom, 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 right? So I couldn't wander the neighborhood anymore. I was on a leash at that point where it's like, I, you know, I, I, I still can wander around, like, you know, you know, that dog that runs in a circle and he wears a circle around his post, you know? That was kind of me, you know? That gave me like the, they gave me like the, this thing to rely on all the time. Okay? Yeah,
0: well you were, you were tamed, right? I was. T- yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> and so it's funny because like, every, every time there's questioning, every time there's, I don't feel like it. I, you know, just anytime there's like a wander, like I start to wander, it, it always, the, the leash always ends. You know what I mean? There's always some point to go, oh, that's right, I can't ever deny that, 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 that. I didn't ask for it. I wasn't specifically asking for this thing to happen to me. I just was trying to do better. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything that I, anyway.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of the lyrics to come thou fount of every blessing. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Yeah. Take my heart like a fetter and bind it. So once you add that sort of that connection to God, where did it lead you next?
1: It led me on a mission. So, so there's all this developmental things that need to happen in my life, you know? uh, which,
0: which was, so yeah. you chose to go on a mission. That was yeah. your choice.
1: Yeah, so by this time I was 20-ish. And so I was long, well, not long past, but I was past mission age. And I already told, you know, I told my parents pretty clear, I'm, I'm not going on a mission. I don't think this is for me, you know? And so I intentionally didn't tell them. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> but I kind of felt like it needed to be mine. I didn't, I didn't want people cajoling me and asking right. me and bugging yeah. me and stuff like that. And I also didn't know how it was going to happen. And I also didn't know if I'd go. I just felt like I need, like I probably should, but I'm going to do this in the meantime. And if it happens, things will work out, you know. And so, so I'm living in California at this time, and I, you know, I spent time as a surf instructor, and I spent time as a as a builder and a handyman, and it, it work. I worked at a theater, and there's just kind of just lots of working and random experiences and things. And and the entire time, I'm going to church and trying to understand what the gospel is all about, trying to understand why I need to be going to church because it's still terrifying. Like at this point, I still have a ton of social anxiety as a result of just-
0: What has happened in yeah. your childhood, sure.
1: Yeah, and it was, hard. It was there, there were times where like, I, I had to tell myself, you know what? You know on the back end, it's gonna be so much better if you just go, just go to church, just go to church. And I got into the habit, like there, there was, there was, you know, there's, there was a good year, year and a half of going through that repentance process where I didn't, you know, I didn't want to go. It just everything just felt hard, and um. And but I, but but yeah, like but I learned how to push through that, and I felt like the Lord supported me at the end of pushing through it. Always that it was always like a relief to have gone to church. Is that what
0: kept you pushing even when it was hard?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it was, because really, like it didn't like the gospel. I'm I'm a gospel idiot. I really don't get a lot of it, I, I really don't. And um, going there was a social thing, a lot of it, you know? It, it was this part of me that <clears throat> going to church also was this thing that like, I knew I was right, I knew I needed to, but I, but I also didn't want to at the same time, you know, that, that there's the cognitive dissonance things, like you just yeah. like, I know I need to, but it's, it's, it's hard, I don't want to, I don't, I don't know if I fit here, I don't know if people like me, I don't know if, I, feel, I really feel great all the time here, but it's funny, like time after time after time, pushing through those feelings and getting to church Resulted in just at least at the very least just being like, I'm glad I went, you know, and right. obvi- yeah. there's other blessings obviously of, of going. Obviously, you know, eventually the repentance process ended and it worked, and I got the spirit back and started being guided by it, and and starting to understand what that was about and starting to feel that, and you know, and having and having the fact the fact that God speaks to His children become a reality for me, yeah. which up till that you know up till understanding that the spirit was actually talking to me and guiding me was. Just this kind of like, okay, how's this work? I don't get it, you know? Why am I here? Who, what, what is everyone talking about with the spirit thing, you know? Like, I don't, where's the rubber meets the road part of this whole yeah. gospel kind of thing, you know? So
0: So you get back from your mission and you get married and tell them how many kids you have now. I
1: have four crazy, boisterous, beautiful, insane, beautiful children. <laughs> They're wonderful. I love them. Yeah.
0: So from where you are now, mm-hmm. As a father, how do you teach your children so that they can hopefully have those experiences that you did?
1: Well, let's, let's just say we're very specific these days. We spend a lot of time in the details. And I wonder if we've swung too far, you know? Sometimes I just see their eyes glaze over.
0: Well, your oldest just got baptized. <laughs> right, yeah
1: yeah. yeah. yeah, we, um, oh, man. I, I don't know if we have a methodology. Again, we're we're pretty foolish when it comes to. I'm I'm pretty foolish when it comes to teaching the gospel because I, I feel like I just barely know enough to 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 be dangerous, you know. <laughs> um, but my children, like we, I'm I'm very sensitive to the fact that the message gets in because I'm afraid of the message not getting in. I feel like I don't I don't want them to repeat any of.
0: Because like you said, of, of my, that my, my message
1: experience, yeah. was
0: in your heart. You knew to pray because you had right. been raised but that But I want more way. of that
1: message in there than just prayer. You know, I right. want them to be actually actively living the gospel by the time they're free to go. You know what I mean? I don't want them to wait until they're in their 20s to kind of figure, to figure things out. But we, we, um, we spend a lot of time praying. We pray about a lot of different things. We've, we've picked up the, um, the, the, the preach, my, not preach my gospel. I'm sorry. That's Come, my follow mission. Me. Come follow yeah. me. Excuse me. Uh, we started doing it in the mornings. We felt like if, we, if this was going to work, that A, it had to become a habit, and B, we had to show Heavenly Father that it was the most important thing that we do that day, mm. or one of the most important things we do that day. And so, we, so it's been about three weeks. We're kind of slow getting on the bandwagon. But, <laughs> but uh, w- right away, we've, we noticed that the kids are way more engaged in scripture study when there's a pen and a paper in front of their hand. Mm-hmm. And, and it's short, and it's succinct, and it involves them somehow. And so I, you know, we're so just kind of playing around with that well, idea. I can't, engaged, there's no lessons there.
0: They're making the choices. Yeah. So let me just ask you one last question. Mm-hmm. What is your relationship with God like now? How would you describe it? And how do you make sure that you're still freely working on it? So maybe you're not the dog that's still on a chain. You're, <laughs> you're a free dog and you can go wherever you want. What, what keeps you coming back to him?
1: um I, I know two things about god and i know that, number one i know he's there that was that was given to me and then number two i know that he loves me um I, 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 it's, it's interesting you ask that question because this is the first year in my life where i've been able to sit down and take stock of the entire of my entire life and the pattern uh, that that's emerged you know where I've, where I've sat down and been like my goodness like time after time, after time, after time, after time, you know what I mean? On on and on and on. He's giving me these things that like A, he knows I need. So like the need level's taken care of, right? But then he steps it up notch after notch where sometimes he'll just give me things because I just like things, you know? I I mean, I have lots of examples of that. One of them, can I tell you one? This is really great. It has nothing to do with anything, but. I was at a, you know. This is this was me living in California. Uh, you know, this is about two thousand one or two thousand two, and I had I had studied surfing. I, this is the thing that I wanted to do with my life was surf, surf, surf. Anyway, so I, I flip open a surf magazine, and there in the back is this like ad for a surf camp, and this thought just goes bing right in my head. You should apply for that, you know. And so I applied for the job, got the job. Anyway, but the, the experience of living on the beach and teaching surfing like six six or seven hours a day um, was this like. At the time, it was great. In hindsight, I look at it and I was like, this was this giant, just blessing, just, just this gift of love. It was this thing, like, I mean, I salivate over it. It's just this visceral experience that just, <laughs> this kid who really didn't have much or anything could like really sink his teeth to and really love, you know? And he just gave me this gift. And it's it just, I, I just knew it was like, because he liked me, because he wanted me to be happy. It wasn't because like I needed, I didn't need to go surfing for a summer, you know? <laughs> But I have lots of experiences like that where it's just like, hey, you know what? I see what you're doing. Whatever you're doing, it's it's right. It's good enough for me to say, hey, here's. Yeah. I love you. Have something else, you know.
0: So then. Been really cool. Yeah. The question would be, how do you feel God's love when you don't get what you want or don't get a blessing? What What does that look like?
1: You know, that's interesting. I wonder if this is me feeling or if it's God's love or me just feeling it. So let me ask you that. Let me think about that. I'm trying to think of the exact experience that that that, 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 um, that got those emotions going, but I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I know I feel gratitude. Um, I am drawing a blank, Sarah. How do I, ask well, the question again. We cut this out, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. How do I feel God's love when well, I don't get just what I want? your
0: relationship with him, if it's not contingent on it's, a it, blessing. It's
1: not, it's not, and I'm glad yeah. you asked that, because it, it's well, definitely now, not. Uh, yeah, yeah, and how do you know? So I have I have felt, so th- there's things, so lately, in the last couple of years, we have felt beyond blessed, like more than in my entire life. Like I don't even know where to start, where we're just like, are you kidding me? Really? You're gonna, you're gonna be this nice to it. So there's that. But like with that has been the flip side where when we, well we, we ask for things and for some reason he's really willing to give us things for our business, things for our house, things for our kids, you know, just like give it, like for, for some reason he's been very willing to answer prayers lately, last year and a half or so. But there have been prayers that we've asked that we didn't get the answers. We didn't get what we wanted. And and what was interesting about that, it wasn't. I never felt that it was a sign of his love saying, "No, I don't love you that much anymore." Right. It was like, it it, like I still felt gratitude. Like I still felt gratitude for all the things he'd already done. You know. And so I didn't feel like, yeah, I I didn't feel like I didn't feel like my relationship or that love was contingent on what I got or the answer to the prayer or whatever. Anyway, that's kind of a roundabout way of answering that. But that's that's been a that's been a periodic thing where it's like, okay, no worries. Well, st- you know,
0: well, I like that because you definitely appreciate blessings, but that's not why you have a relationship with him, Right. And your relationship is based on him, not what you get from him. And that's clear.
1: Yeah. And the distinct I, I like that distinction because like we we feel like all those blessings are just icing on the cake. Like it's like we don't know why it's it's, it's really awesome that he's been taking such good care of us and being so nice to us. But like that's not we're, we weren't. Right. At, we were, it wasn't like that's why we we're doing it, you know. And maybe that's the difference, you know. Yeah. It's just like we somehow we've learned
0: <laughs> well, there's something the, else there and, first, and yeah. this is
1: just extra. And, and for some reason we're li- We're enjoying that right now, you know. Yeah, I'm sure it'll well. we'll go away eventually, but but you know, <laughs> this is how it works for us. But
0: yeah, and that it's it's clear that you have a relationship, and that your his goodness is reflected in your life, and Thanks. and I appreciate that. And thank you for sharing.
1: Your story. Yeah, hopefully it made sense. Yeah, no, it does. It's
0: lovely. Thank you.